I'm Charlie Taylor. I'm Ben Carter. I run hip hop by the numbers on Twitter. We use hip hop statistics to highlight the bigger picture. And I'm director of the Fifth Element, where I highlight Fifth Element hip hop, which is knowledge and other stuff as well. <laughs> For my people, Negroes and Latinos, and even the Gringos. Apparently I said as well in a space uh, 12 times in a minute and um, I hate myself for that. Uh, that's just, that was just annoying listening back to that. I was just like, Charlie, shut up, shut up, shut up, stop saying it. <laughs> stop did, you actually li- did you actually listen back? Yeah, I had, yeah, I had to. I was just like, when did, when did I do that? <laughs> and so then you it got to the, it, And then it was listing stuff off. I was like, oh no. And then like, it just all came flooding back to me. I was just like, shit. Oh my gosh, shout out to the person who sent that to me because that was hilarious. I can't believe people listen that closely and then they sent that and I'm like, oh, I'm going to light Charlie up with this because someone... <laughs> and Charlie's like, oh no, surely not. Oh, Stressed. That was funny. You, you, did, you did it to me like, uh, I don't know, a few episodes in when we started all this, like yeah. three, third episode or something like that and you were going like... You say like 62 times. I'm like, please don't do that. <laughs> please, please don't do this to me. Listen, listeners need to listen for Charlie to say pertains, as it pertains to. You're going to get a lot of as it pertains I love, to. I love saying that. I'm not going to lie. I do love saying that. I do love pertaining. I One do love that. That's, that's, a, that's, a, that's a staple for me. That's a staple diet in my vocabulary. I will say that. Yeah, I do like saying that. It's very, in, it's very intelligent for me. I'm just like, mm, yeah. I no, remember, it pertains to I remember, I remember that um what we were talking about last week and that when you on the women's podcast or female in rap podcast, you said a breast like three times during that podcast and I was like <laughs> kept saying a breast and I was like, Charlie <laughs> I mean it was correct usage of the term, but it it, it was just funny. Oh god. Oh yeah, words words are beautiful. Words are yeah. absolutely beautiful. Yeah. Uh with that said Hi Ben, how's your week been? And what have you been listening to this week? Uh, week's okay, man. Week's okay. Uh, I listened to quite a lot this week. I'm gonna start with "Legends Never Die" by Juice World. Um, <clears throat> I mean, fuck, man, this album is is pretty heart wrenching. He 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 sings at one point, "If it wasn't for these pills, I wouldn't be here. But if I keep taking these pills, I won't be here." And I saw a lot of talk on the timeline about this album being like overly dramatic or you know, a little bit too much. You know, people criticized uh, Juice World for being way too emo. I mean, but, isn't that the whole subgenre? That's the point. I mean, it is. It is. But, like, I know that the man passed because of an overdose. So that should be enough in the first place to, to know that he was living what he sings about tragically. But, like, all this, this whole album, man, really resonated with me. Like, the darkness, the depth... I know that this album won't be for everyone, but for me, it's one of the most powerful pieces of music I heard this year alongside Circles by Mac Miller. Lyrically, it's really dark, it's really dense, it's painful, it's brutal, but sonically, Juice just shows how wonderfully talented he really was. He just makes catchy songs sound effortless. Like, he just walks into a studio, they throw on any decent beat, 
and he just lifts it to the top of the genre in five minutes just by singing or rapping about what's going on in his mind. I mean, there's some marshmallow tracks on this album that you'd just be like, really? Like, really? They put this on here? But he just lifts it. He makes it sound authentic. He makes it sound genuine. And I really respect that. And the thing is, they clearly had a wealth of material to pick from because there isn't a bloated feature list or a bunch of snippets sandwiched into songs, which, you know, as much as I love Circles by Mac, they were snippets. They weren't fully realized songs every time. You know, that he had the direction and then other people had to realize that direction. These just feel like songs that were already recorded. They were ready to go. They didn't need a beat underneath them. He just, you know, they, they were done. And I, I adore this album. It's it's exactly what I expected. I think it could be his best album. Uh, it's also something I probably won't listen to much more again because I just, you know, whilst I connected heavily with the addiction angles of what he was talking about, I really hope that my addiction days are well over. So, you know, it, it threw me back into that mind space and that headspace that I was in when I was younger. Like some of the lyrics... Man, those are things I've said to myself. Like, it was really scary. And hopefully I'm not, you know, going down that path ever again. So Mm. it's just sad because, like, I think about the times I could have died from my addictions and Juice did. And I don't know. It's just fucking awful, man. So rest in peace to Juice. It's going to sell, they say, 440K first week. I think it'll do closer to 500. I think it'll do at least 475. So that's going to be the biggest first week of the year. People have really gone out and supported this album, and it's a really great listen. So, yeah, but don't go into it thinking it's going to be fun. It's going to be a challenge. Um, the streets, none of us are getting out of this alive. It's a different, this is a change of pace. Now, Mike Skinner is the original Housing Commission philosopher. He embodies the ethos of garage music whilst just delivering potent poetry. There's no one else like Mike Skinner in the world. His career has wildly oscillated from his debut which was like garage dance, you know, there was rap on it, but it was like very drum and bass, you know. And his sophomore album, which I think was the most Mike Skinner album, and then to things like Everything is Borrowed, which is a deep meditation set to simple lyrics about love, life, existence. This album, like if this is your, this is not the first Streets album you should listen to. If this is, this is going to be a challenging listen for you, but I fucking adored it, man. It really, sh- I think it straddles the gap between everything is borrowed, borrowed and original pirate material. Like the mm. grind of hardcore beats. There was like Eurodance, Bounce, Dub. And then his like offbeat Frank lyrical delivery is so wild. Like I'm driving along, bro. It's great. And some of these lyrics, some of these bars are great. He says, You call and call my phone, think I'm doing nothing better. I'm just waiting for it to stop so I can use it again. <laughs> it's so true. Or um, she talks about her ex so much, even I miss him. <laughs> I was like, oh, shit. Or um, my phone is always in my hand. If you think I'm ignoring you, I am. And that's just so true. If someone has, if you send a text to someone and they don't reply in two days, okay, they're ignoring you, man. They're, yeah. they're, yep. they're fucking yep. ignoring you. Yeah. Um, but one of my I'm still favorites. wait. I'm still waiting on some from months ago, bro. Trust, like. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's a challenge, man. That's a fucking challenge. That's it, man. That's it. I ain't hitting the buff again. <laughs> that's all it is, bro. Is what it is. That's a challenge. They they need to take that hint. Um. Yep. My favorite was, but don't try to understand, ladies, brother. 
ladies understand ladies and they hate each other. <laughs> it's like, Jesus bars. Christ, he's really like... <laughs> But the whole album, there's just, there's bars like this, you know, it's like time is an illusion except at lunchtime or something. And they hit you right in the face because sometimes you'll go off on this deep existential missive and then he'll just bang you in the (laughs) face with frankness, you know, like he'll, he'll go on this like existential thing and then you're like, bam, but don't try to understand ladies, brother, because ladies understand ladies and they hate each other. And you're like, whoa, shit. Um, I just think it's a wonderful listen. It, it engaged me on so many levels. So many mm. different parts of my brain and body were connected. Like, I'm dancing to Take Me As I Am. And then I'm laughing at the lyric. He says, I'll regret this in the morning, shot to the rye. But that's future me. I'm glad I'm not that guy. Yeah. And I'm so I'm, like, bumping my head. And then he Jeez. says that. And I'm like, oh, shit. Like, <laughs> fuck, man. This is a brilliant fucking album. This is exactly what I wanted. I had no idea what to expect because he retired a few years ago and he was like, I'm not doing the streets mm-hmm. anymore. Then he started mm-hmm. drip feeding us these like singles and kind of like freestyles and random stuff, remixes. Oh, he did a UK <sighs> tour a couple of years ago. He came to Australia last year. I think it was yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. last so year. Quick oh, comeback, I had, why not? I had tickets. I didn't actually go because I was sick, which I was disappointed with. Damn. But, um, I know, man. Apparently, have you ever been and seen him? No, nah, I missed on it. I missed on it. I was, I, I hit my people up. I was like, we need to go, and then it just never materialized. So, yeah, uh, I mean, he's a, but... he's a great artist, and uh, I really respect yeah. him. I love him, and um, I love the fact that he's just doing whatever he wants to now. Like this is just him going in whatever direction he wants. There's no labels, in you know, uh, what was his when you wasn't famous or um, no the. I forget what his third album was called. That When You Wasn't Famous was on that. But that album sounded like him doing what the label wanted him to do. But this album is just perfect, man. So, yeah. yeah don't don't start with this album. Go go somewhere else, you know, before you start with this album. But I love it. Well, do, what, do what everyone should do. Start from the beginning. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. I'll just run through some others quickly. <laughs> Shaggy, Hot Shot, 2020. He just oh, remixed wow. a bunch of old Shaggy joints. And it's oh, fire. Yes. It's legit oh, fucking right, okay. fire. The whole okay. thing is a bop. The whole thing is okay. a bop. I don't care. I don't give a fuck. The whole I'm thing surprised. is a bop. Okay. Um, Summer Walker, Life on Earth is a really great uh, EP. It's on, I think it's six songs. I uh, really enjoyed that. Um, it's just a good listen. I've I've I just keep putting it on every night and just go back to back to back. It just I don't know. It's just a calm listen. It's good. It just soundtracks all sorts of activities. Uh, Polo Brown and Chenoir, as God intended. Great mm-hmm. album as well. Chain Noir, am I saying her name correctly? Yeah, Chain Noir. Noir. Yeah, I mean, her vivid storytelling is just, wow. Like, uh, I've yeah. never listened to her before in my life, to be honest. And I saw the name Apollo Brown and I was like, I've got to listen to this. And the beats yeah, are obviously, you know, really fucking clean. And mm-hmm. she just goes off on them. Like, really goes off on them. Like, Rhapsody level goes <laughs> off on them. Like, you know, she's, yeah, she's a exactly. great MC. So uh, and finally, you know, the activist eight, I didn't really enjoy this album. Um, people were recommending it to me and saying that he should be a lot bigger than he is. And I was just like, okay, I can kind of see that he's a couple of levels below the Uzis of the world. So that was, a, that was a tough one. I didn't really enjoy that. But anyway, that's what I got into this week. What about yourself, Charlie? Plenty, plenty this week. Uh, speed through. So delayed little spirit EP. Shout out to Chill Records. Um, real, real three tracks. Super clean. Uh, super soft. Uh, really flowy beats. Really enjoyed that. Carlos Nino and uh, Miguel Atwood Ferguson. Chicago Waves. 
Um, I obviously shout out to the international anthem. Always try and listen to whatever they've got going. And uh, this one, this was just one that I was uh, that I've had in the in in the uh, in the must in the, in the uh, listen later kind of a, a folder. And uh, yeah, man, it was just super super smooth, real ambient. Uh, little little jazz records um yeah it's, it's it's super nice there's also they also have like it, was, it actually came out of just like a jam session um for a show they were about to do or or just did or yeah no they they went to chicago and they just decided to do that live impromptu thing and uh yeah man as live recording goes not too bad not too bad at all um liz lubega the woman ep um this is super nice um it's ugandanized but born born uk raised in uganda and uh yeah man she just gives some real nice just velvety uh vocals just just really nice um modern contemporary r&b soul kind of vibes it's us oh, it's nice it's nice it's a very very nice ep indeed shout out to lizzie baker on that one um streets none of us are getting out of this alive um I, I, I mean, what, can, what else can I say apart from what you said, honestly? It's just so... It's fucking great. It's None fucking great. None of us are getting out uh, of this life it's alive. alive. <laughs> it's so great. It's so fucking great, bro. Um, honestly, there were some features where I was just like, I, I haven't listened to Idols before. Um, I know who they are. I've heard I've heard them in passing, you know, from like the Mercury Prize and stuff like that. And their, their particular collab on that uh, one track, on the second track, is just oh, so clean. So clean. Just fits... They, they both fit they both complement each other so nicely um miss banks is on here obviously tame parlor's on here um and just a lot of other people that i've never heard of but actually they were probably better in terms of features i just really enjoyed everybody on this nobody uh, did a step wrong uh, my skin is a g of course and shout out to spotify with them little uh the little <laughs> video loops that they have during the songs Oh my day! Oh my day! Just watching those uh whenever a new song uh, another track comes on it's so funny because it's just He's just either looking at something, <laughs> or just like looking at a shop, and just opening a freezer door to get some ice out. It's just so. It's great. It's just. It's. It's such a. It's such a minor detail, but it's so fucking funny to me. I. I love it. It's, it's so. Him. It's so creepy. And yeah, he's a. He's a. He's a street prophet. He's a. He's a working class prophet, honestly. And it's. It's. He can be so prophetic, but be just so down to earth and just talk about shit that we all know of. You know, so so great. Three Rizzler sheets to the winds. Just so poetic. I don't know how he does it, honestly. He's he's a one of one. He is a one of one. The whole yeah, the whole gang. Yeah. Shout out to the streets. Uh, Terrace, Martin, Robert Glasper, mm. Knife Wonder, Come Marcy Washington, Dinner Party. Fuck. Speak on it. Fuck. Speak on it. Speak on it. Ben, you Ben. Okay, so I have a bone to pick with you actually before I start on this. Um, uh oh. You need to give Terrace Martin some respect. Um, you, 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 you. While you, while I respect the fact that you did share pig feet, you kept referencing Denzel Curry when you should have been referencing Terrace Martin. You kept okay. tagging Denzel. I need to see them ter- Terrace tags because he made the track. And don't get it twisted, ladies and gentlemen. Terrace was the lead on this album. So if you like any of this, you should thank Terrace Martin. And I keep fucking saying this, and this is like the sixth time I've said it this year. Big up Terrace Martin. Give him his respects. Go go see go see what Knife Wonder said about him. Go go see that. And that, Knife Wonder's the goat. Right? <laughs> Knife Wonder's the goat. Go see what Terrace Martin uh, what he said about Terrace Martin, saying like how he took care of him, which he which Knife Wonder have hadn't hasn't had for years. He hasn't had someone just take care of the project. Knife Wonder's always been EP and shit. You know, he's he's the workhorse, always. But 
Terrace Martin was the workhorse on this one. It's super clean. The beats from Ninth absolutely slap. Terrace on the sax, Kamasi on the sax, Robert Glasper on the keys. Um, real nice vocals from people like Felix and stuff like that. It's just, oh, it's just so nice. Um, it, it's such a clean album uh, all the way through. And Terrace is um, in the running for the Triple Crown. Um, sing, uh, song, EP, album, albums uh, in the lists. He might get there. He might get there. He's, he's up for the Triple Crown. Um, sh- I did listen to Chain Noir, but instead I listened to um, her and 38 Species album from earlier this year, uh, wow. Juno. And, um, no, that existed. I, That's sick. I, I know. So I looked up Chain Noir, and I was just like, okay, she has two albums. Let me check this one first. And then I just didn't get time to listen to the Apollo Brown one. So I will get to that next week. Guarantee that. Facts. Um, but yeah, this one's pretty clean. Um, I, I really like 38 Special's production on here. Yeah. It's actually really nice. I, I did not... Because, you know, when I've heard 38 Special's, it's always like, you know, the just grimy, you know, all, you know, stuff with Griselda and all them, and all them lot. Um, but the beats are just super soulful, really nice. Re- yeah, really bouncy and uh, really, really enjoyable. And the uh, chain of art's just a... Yeah, man, it's the first time I've heard this uh, this uh, this week as well, um, and well, forever. And uh, yeah, man, she's great. She's great. Shout out to Buffalo as well. They, she, they've got another one. <laughs> they've got another one with the man. This is so great. Uh, and uh, yeah, I can't wait to listen to that Apollo Brown record as well. Uh, Star S T A H H R and uh, DJ Crazy Bizarro, no doubt CP. Um, it's about I think it's like three snatch four tracks. Um, you know, it's it's it's, it's okay. Uh, the first track really put me off because um, I literally put it on straight after Juno, and uh, the first track sounded like they were behind some glass. Like the whole, the whole, the whole mix was behind glass. It was really weird. Um, but yeah, past that, it was pretty pretty clean. And uh, stars are great lyricist as well. Shout out to her. And uh, lastly, Boomy Thomas, uh, Broken Silence EP. Um, oh, this is so nice. It's 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 so. I really get like. Curtis Mayfield vibes from her, um, in the fact that uh, how she how she sings and just like vocalizes and delivers above these really uh, really nice you know kind of jazzy um, some and it, it kind of goes all all over the world as well like some acoustic guitar here and there there's some African kind of uh, influence kind of stuff there's also some uh, I guess a uh, Latin Latin Hispanic uh, uh, elements in some so- in a couple of songs as well. It's it's just globetrotting, and I really enjoyed it. So uh, shout out to uh, shout out to Boomy Thomas on that. And with that said, let's jump right in to topic of this episode, and we're doing a retrospective on Yasid Bey, or as we know him as uh, previously as Most Def. Um, this is gonna be interesting. This is gonna be this is gonna be interesting. Um, uh, it's gonna be interesting on Ben's side and also on mine because um, I will be honest. Uh, a part of the only album I listened to um, of his fully, um, as of you know the, this part well before this week came about and before we you know decide on most of was uh, was obviously Black on Both Sides and uh, I, haven't lis- I didn't listen to the other stuff so I was um, well <laughs> we'll get to how we feel on those uh, those particular albums but. Uh, before we do that, we have to get some background, as always. So we hop on to, and we take a walk to Ben's research corner. What have you got for us today, Ben? <laughs> it's like, <laughs> like an episode of fucking Sesame Street. <laughs> yeah, it feels like play school. <laughs> it's like, go ahead, yeah. Um, what have you got, Mr. Carter? So firstly, I'm going to... 
I'm going to say, um, I'm going to use most deaf throughout this whole episode. So I, I did yeah, a bit yeah, of research yeah. on that. And, and Yassin Bey, and he has said that either is, is fine. It's not disrespectful. Well, most so, deaf um, is the artist's yeah. name. Yassin's just his actual name changed, isn't it? So. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. so I also came in thinking this would be one of our most interesting episodes, and I hope it still will be interesting. But the more I researched Most Def, the more I realized he is a superstar artist pissed off with and fucked over by the system, and he spent most of his career either trying to revolutionize it or remove himself from it. And the ironic thing is the more he tried to remove himself or revolutionize it, the more it bit him back, you know, and the more issues he found himself in, which is the inherent goal of the system you know any and all dissenters must be discouraged at all costs like the biggest was the arrest of the vmas you know in 2006 people don't know this like the vmas in 2006 and most deaf pulled up in a flatbed truck pulled up in front of the venue you know wasn't really causing a riot wasn't doing anything really just performing and the police shut it down like no one was no one was moshing nothing crazy was going on no one's safety was at risk but yeah, they just shut him down because they were like, no, you can't do this here. You can't do this here. And, you know, his issues with South Africa as well. Um, and now, most recently, the mysterious troubles the Black Star album is having. I think Oof. the thing I'll underpin this... In, yeah, I know, man. Oh, we don't want to get into that. I don't know what's going on there. But um, the thing I think I'll pin this underpin this entire podcast with is Most Def is not just a rapper, okay? He's an artist. He acts, raps, sings, produces performs comedy, writes poetry, whatever medium he requires to project his insightful viewpoint upon the world, he will engage in. And I found this a lot with um, interviews I was listening to from him, and I was trying to get a good sense of who he was as a person and get a background of his career. I didn't get that. Most of the time, I just got him you know, talking about the political issues of the day or the socially conscious issues of the day, which is great. He, he's very well spoken on these things, and he's very insightful. But it does give it, you know, he, he is hard to pin down as a human outside of those activists, outside of his activism. And that, that's the thing I struggled with. Um, he began as a child actor. He appeared in his first play in the fifth grade. He said he caught the bug. And he actually picked up some really cool credits early, like You Take the Kids. Um, he was a genuine actor and he was getting paid to act. He dropped out of high school for, he says, women. But I think it was a bit deeper than that. Like he says he just discovered older women and he was like, fuck this, I don't need to go to high school anymore, you know. But he was in LA working on a TV series and that got cancelled. So he came back home and got into a relationship with an older woman and he said he felt like he didn't need to go to school anymore. But the way that most describe school, it sounded like it was genuinely traumatic. He he, He tells stories of the Decepticons just turning up to schools with hammers and just beating everyone up. Uh, of them turning up or just people turning up to bus stops and beating up everyone on the bus, including the driver, or sitting in his house in the projects, unable to properly open his window and just staring at the same patch of grass for hours at a time because he had nothing else to do. So at an early age, he resolved to make enough money to move himself out of that environment. And to me, that explains his sometimes discordant opinions on the music industry. So in an interview with Hot 97 in, I think it was 2018 or late 2010s, He constantly talks about earning money from whatever you do, like don't do anything for free. But he's also quoted ad ad nauseum saying the music industry needs to be torn down and that making music just to make money is something he'd never do. So there's like a little bit of, you know, he wants to make money, but he understands that the system that he has to make money in is, 
it's complex, you know, he's a complex human. And during the period when he was working with NBC, which was the early 90s, he started a rap group called Urban Thermodynamic with his brother and a rapper named Sass. Uh, he said he was reading a lot of books and wanted to turn that knowledge he was learning into digestible rhymes to follow in the footsteps of these writers that he was adoring. And they popped up at a bunch of talent shows and ended up being signed by Payday. Um, most claim that they were the ghetto version of the Fugees. They asked, someone asked him, did, did you think that this group would be commercially viable? He's like, fuck yeah, we were the ghetto version of the Fugees, which I, I found interesting. Uh, it was through his acting contacts that he met D. La Soul. And that kind of put the battery in the back of his solo rap career. He popped up on a bunch of features and built a lot of buzz for his debut album. But he was also hanging out with Talib, who was working at a local bookstore and had a crew of incredible MCs around him. And we spoke about this, I don't know when we spoke about that, uh, when we were talking about uh, backpack rap. Um, oh, right, yeah. And yeah, yeah. So this inspired most to shelve that debut album and drop something potent with Talib, and that became Black Star, which is one of the most one of the most influential albums of all time. Okay, we'll get to that when we eventually do our Black Star episode, whenever the fuck that will be. Uh, one thing I will say quickly: we're assuming that the current Black Star issues are label related because there were like five labels attached to that album, including Payday. But most Def told Spin that they were. They accepted 90k for the recording of that album, and that was it. He said he preferred being sovereign and free, which I thought that was interesting because we assume that it's label issues. But anyway, um, what, do, what do you think about that, Charlie? Because I think I probably won't bring his acting up again, except maybe his work with Chappelle. <coughs> uh, but I, I think that's interesting that I, I don't see him as just a rapper. You know, I see him as just an artist in general. Um, yellow cake uranium. Um, for those that for those that know Chappelle show. Um, yeah. So I think I think I think the whole thing. Um, wait, 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 wait. That if you've never seen that scene, don't drop that shit. I'm not gonna drop it. Don't you drop that shit? It's yellow cake, motherfucker. It's yellow cake. Oh shit! Oh, pretty guy, you don't oh. drop that shit. <laughs> pretty oh. guy. Glorious. Don't drop that shit. Don't drop oh, that shit. Sorry, man. That oh, that's no, great. It's great. It's worth oh, it. It's worth right, it. Worth a lot. Um, <laughs> it's interesting that you're talking about how like he um, sees himself as just like I guess a true artist in the in you know in the purest sense in terms of just like not not just doing music but you know art installations. Da, 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 da. You know, just just an all round three sixty kind of thing. Um, and it kind of makes complete sense, um, <laughs> especially uh, going into uh, the music, uh, which we'll get into soon. But um, it, 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 when you just, when you said that, it was just like ah, okay, okay, that, that just solidifies a lot of my opinions on his music, uh, which uh, which is uh, just which, admittedly, uh, before you said that, really just confused the fuck out of me. Um, just being, just being you know, full disclosure about it. But uh, yeah, man, that's, that's kind of, um, that's kind of fascinating, I guess, um, in terms of whole um, arc and, uh, you know, being able, I guess, to just um, get out of the, whatever environment he was in and stuff like that. Um, yeah. It's, it's, it's kind of, it's a, it's a very um, interesting, I guess, history. Um, but as you, as you said, I don't think he's one for 
looking back and uh, more about looking forward, which, um, you know, <clears throat> in some ways I, you know, respect. Um, but, uh, yeah, it doesn't really help on the research. It doesn't really help on the research front, but <laughs> it, is, it is what it is. It is what it is. Uh, but, yeah, we, we will get to that. Well, just, to, just to know, guys, we will do black star at some point we i i I personally want the album to just drop beforehand so we can have two projects to talk about and you know just you know face them up because you know this at this point they're 20 years apart and just having all that time is very fascinating so uh yeah we will get to that when we get to that uh when it finally drops um but yeah we'll just we'll just leave that for the we'll just leave that for a moment and obviously just stick to a just stick to a Mo's Def uh, uh, albums, uh, which um, if you want to jump into the first one, we can if you like. Yeah, I mean, you go on the first one because I'm interested to see. I mean, yeah, I think this is a classic. But I, I mean, yeah, but, about it. yeah. I mean, yeah, this is undeniable a classic, and in every single way, like the whole uh, the whole thing is just a. I, I I find I find black on both sides a. Um, I think of it as a bridge, and at that point in most deaths, I guess um, <clears throat> uh, career timeline, I do see it as uh, I, I do see him as the bridge between the past and the present, and I guess the future as well, because um, he has this delivery, uh, especially on that album, that gives me just real, I don't know, just real late 80s early 90s kind of kind of real throwback deliveries um and just how he reflects his voice inflects his voice it's just really it's really energetic um and just and and just a note uh i forgot what the name of the track is but the track with buster rhymes and him going just you know just verse for verse is one of those really underrated tracks and i'll throw in something like um uh, the one the the posse cut that uh, uh, the mob deep have on the infamous with like as like Nas and uh, somebody else on it, um, mm. th- those those two tracks like have just been lost under other classic tracks. In this case, being you know Mathematics, Miss Fat Booty, um, mm-hmm. uh, Brooklyn, and obviously in Mob Deep's case, uh, Survival of the Fist and Shook Ones Part Two. But it's just so fascinating just going through this, and and uh, it's very long and um. Not to not to hark back to um, the abomination um, <laughs> that was Black Eyed Peas, but um, oh, um, it, no, 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 stop, 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 stop. You 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 uh, always do this. You always do this. I'm not mentioning. Right, the, I'm not putting them together. I'm just saying okay. they both have the tendency to be long, and that's the only comparison I'm giving. <laughs> calm down, calm your tits. All right, chill out. All right, Let me continue. All right, this is long as shit. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bit long for my taste. That's my only criticism. But yeah, apart from that, like uh, Brooklyn is an absolute. Um, uh, I don't. I don't think I've heard a track that encapsulates um, a a place in such a way. Um, you know, you can you can name you can name tracks. Obviously, like some like NY State of Mind, which obviously you know encapsulates nineties um, New York. Um, but Brooklyn is just so specific and. And, he, and all the samples he has in that one track, and just hopping from one to the other one to the other one, um, like one of them's like Roy Ayers. Um, we in Brook, we live in Brooklyn. Um, actually, let me fuck it. Let me just get off the damn, uh, the the damn um, 
the sample list because it's like six tracks and they all have something to do with Brooklyn. It's absolutely fucking crazy nice. Uh, it, uh, seven. Uh, Under the Bridge, Red Hot Chili Peppers, uh, Who Shot You, Big, uh, uh, Biggie, uh, Ghost Stretzer, uh, Sonic, Bridges Over, Boogie Down Productions, uh, Just Bugging, Whistle. It's, oh, it's great. That just one, that one track is just an absolute uh, homage to one one borough of uh, New York, and that's just a, a a triumph in itself. But yeah, the whole album is just um, wonderful. Umi says as well, obviously classic track. Mm. There's just so many classic tracks on here, man. There's like at least five, six classic tracks mm. on here. It's absolutely stacked. Um, yeah, it's, it's it's so it's so perfectly balanced as well. Um, you know, regardless of it being too long for my taste, but you know, it's, it is what it is on that front. That's just me. That's a personal taste. But um, you know, there's so many classics on here. It's it's undeniable. Um, in, in yeah, I can't I can't I can't praise it enough. <coughs> Well said, well said. Um, <clears throat> Uncontextualize everything Mighty Most raps about with his upbringing in the crack era. You know, he speaks about it a lot in interviews, and whilst rappers like Jay-Z turn crack dealing into content, Most Def was always dead against this entire ecosystem. He told Spin in an interview, I think it was 09, or yeah, I think it was around 09, uh, and when the Ecstatic was coming out, that kids who were 15 year old 15 years old in his area had 200 grand in their closets and they were getting robbed by other kids you know like and and you know there was violence death destruction you couldn't call the police because you know you had gotten your money illegally as well like it was a complete free for all he actually compared it to Nagasaki and Hiroshima and said that this was our mushroom cloud. You know, crack was the thing that, that decimated us. Mm. And he said verbatim in this interview, you don't want to glorify that shit. You mm. know, and I always felt like that's that really exemplified his musical content. And I guess that's why I get a little bit confused on his stance with money sometimes because he seems staunchly anti-consumerism and, you know... When describing the climate of Blackstar, he kind of spoke on how pointless flossing about Bentleys and money was. He said, reckless capitalism kills black people, Um, which I found interesting. I'll read a bit of that excerpt later. But that's what I got from this album is, and I I, I ran some numbers on it. So 68.4% of it is socially conscious. 26% of those bars focus on empowerment and positivity. And that's what I always, I think that's the key to the album, that final stat. Like, most wants to uplift, educate, to progress the conversation and the movement. And he did that with some of the most incredible hip-hop music of all time. Like, to put a track like Miss Fat Booty on an album that also had mathematics is just fucking genius, you know? (laughs) And so he wrote, he said this in an interview, he said, Extended exposure to commercial rap has got to have some sort of negative psychological impact on you. It's like, this shit is making me tense. This is not uplifting or relaxing, and I'm already living in an anxious environment. You turn on the radio, it's like pour champagne on yourself. How does that look to the rest of the world? And I feel like this is what he wanted to portray the rest of the world. And we already know how he started the album, you know? Like he describes so precisely hip-hop and African-American culture with words that are still, you know, vital and relevant today. You know, he says, listen, people asking me all the time, Yo, most, what's ready to happen with hip-hop? And he says, you know what's going to happen with hip-hop? Whatever's happening with us. If we smoked out, hip-hop is going to be smoked out. If we're doing all right, hip-hop is going to be doing all right. People talk about hip-hop like it's some giant living in the hillside coming down to visit the townspeople. We are hip-hop. 
me, you, everybody, we are hip-hop. So hip-hop is going where we going. So the next time you ask yourself where hip-hop is going, ask yourself, where am I going? How am I doing? Like, that's... And I think he carries that theme throughout the whole album. He speaks on the death, the desperation, difficulties, racism, oppression, but he also seeks to uplift. And I think Umi says is the... the the perf like it's perfection it, it perfectly embodies that album the way he balances the difficulty and the anxiety and the pain of growing up in the environment he did with the resilience of the people around him if you blend that with the words at the beginning of the album to me that's a very therapeutic message it's like he's saying i understand your pain and your suffering i lived it with you we all lived it together and it was beyond our control but we have to recognize that we define the culture we define our personality, our identity, no one else. Um, so let us do that and let us shine our light on the world. Yep. And I think it's a deep fucking out. I think it is one of the deepest fucking... This is a guy with a, like a proper record deal. Blackstar heated everything up. You know, He could have gone so many different directions. So many different... And he's super talented, great industry contacts. Could have gone in so many different directions. And he went in that direction, you know, and... and I have so much respect. Like, he lived his bars. There was no compromise on this album. There yep. was nothing. You know, it was just most deaf. He lived his bars, and I think it was just a wonderful statement. Like, yep. it was a great project. Yeah. Yeah. And then we get to a <laughs> new danger. Well, then we get... <sighs> we okay, get I, want you, I want you to start, because... Um... I I I've I've I have thoughts, but I want to I want to see where you are on this. All right, so this is a very experimental album. Um, to say the it least, went number yeah. five on the bill. It went number five on the Billboard 200, which is pretty epic, especially at the time. Most wasn't really a household commercial mainstream name. Um, it's certified gold. I felt it wasn't a particularly focused or concise record. I think it meandered along at times and I understand it was most basically giving him self, you know, no pressure, just total creative freedom. He produced seven of the songs himself, but in the end, I think it fell short of what we expected from him. I actually remember getting this after hearing him on Chappelle show, you know, that freestyle where he's in the front seat of the car with Dave. And I'm yep. just like, what the fuck? I never, never knew most F before that. And I'm like, who is this? This is insane. It was like, he was just talking as easily as we do on the podcast, yeah. but he was spitting intricate, insane bars. And that was life-changing to me. That was the moment I realized I didn't know shit about hip-hop music. I did not know shit, and I needed to start looking deeper. And I got to this album right after Q-Tip's Amplified. I don't know how I got to Q-Tip before I got to Most Def, but I know they're from different eras, those two albums. But then I was a little bit disappointed with The New Danger. Um... I, f I found the heavy rock influence interesting. Uh, going back to rock and roll off black on both sides, it always made me wonder if he was trying to make like a deeper point because we know black people created rock music yeah. and it was appropriated and taken over by white people, notably Elvis Presley. And I was curious if that was his intent, but I never found an interview confirming or denying that. Mm. Uh, I felt like his lyricism was there. You know, he has a way with storytelling that's so diverse. Um, on Ghetto Rock, he raps... Speak language comes straight from the gutter. Observe the terms that we trade with one another, like what's good, what's popping, what's cracking, what it is, how you live in, what's happening. Work songs that the slaves sang back then, the playground chants. 
with little girls clapping. It just paints such a vivid picture, but it's really deeply anchored to the mm. core values of his music. But yeah, I, uh, I, I, I think he just doesn't take music that seriously, you know? Like, I, I he does. Like, I don't want to say that because I don't know his intent. Yeah, but I, I just maybe this was an anti, maybe this was an anti-system, an anti-label album. This was like fuck everything. I'm not interested. In, uh, I don't know. It was it was a bit confusing after Black on both sides, you know. Yeah, no, I I, I could see where you're coming from. Um, my thing, I believe uh, that this is two albums uh, mixed together. Um, obviously, uh, for you know for those that don't know. Um, Mo's had a uh, like a house rock band uh, called Black Jack Johnson, and that's why that's why he mentions Jack Johnson several times in the you know especially in the first few tracks. Um, so you know if you're wondering what what's going on there, that's why. And um, obviously all the rock tracks, um, they were all they obviously all had the uh, house band going on. And um, you know it's, it's so fascinating because like on the face of it, right, you, you see it and you're like. Okay, he's he the first so- the first song Boogeyman song right? It's got him and Raphael Sadiq on production right? <laughs> and then you obviously have Minnesota sprinkled in several times. Um, uh, Kanye West does one. Uh, Easy Mo B's on one as well. Uh, Eighty eight mm-hmm. keys for Champion Requiem as well. So like Thank you know you on man. the face it's just on the face it's so you don't know where it's gonna go. Because you see some people, noble names on here, and you're like, oh, okay, cool, right. And then you listen to it, and you're just like, I, I, I was I was so disoriented, like, listening to it. Because, it, again, my theory is that I feel like it's two albums slapped together. So, like, obviously there's the there's a rock album here, and then there's just, like, a, a, a very, a very, actually, very more soulful um, side of most deaf in some ways, especially production wise in terms of just how some of the tracks go. It's very, you know, the stuff like sunshine with obviously Kanye production on that is very, it's very light. Um, and there's not as, um, it's not boom bappy, like obviously the stuff on black on both sides. It's actually, you know, very different to what he's probably ever done. Um, obviously we haven't even mentioned, you know, stuff like a uh, sound bombing or lyricist lounge. Um, if you guys, you guys mm. need to listen to those just for any most deaf uh, content. Cause he just goes off on all of that. Um, but yeah, I, it just, it just off put off puts me. Cause I, I just, one track happens and then like, there's a rock stretch and then there's like a soulful hip hop stretch, and then it just jumps right into like just him shouting. I'm just like, uh, headache <laughs> impending. <laughs> it's just so, I don't know, man. It just, ugh, it just annoys me. And then there's like, and then again, uh, the the indulgence that there's a there's a real indulgence here, which in some ways I respect. Um, but bro, modern Marvel did not need to be nine minutes long. <laughs> I love Marvin. We all love Marvin. It didn't need to be Marvin this long, bro. Like that, 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 um, that intro to that song was like three minutes. I had to, I had to go to my phone. I was like, what is going on here? Because he it just kept going, and I was hearing the Marvin, um, you know, uh, sample behind. And I was like, okay, I'm, I'm interested. I'm, I'm cool. I'm interested in here, and it kept going and going and looping and looping for three minutes, and, and that's when, and finally the beat dropped. And I was just like, bro, this is so long. <laughs> it's just so indulgent. And it goes back to, you know, I'm going to keep back coming back to the artist thing because obviously he just sees himself as just, 
you know, a very like you said, there's a freedom to it, which you know, I in some ways I genuinely respect. But I'm just like, bro, this is two albums in one. I you know by length, you could chop it in half, and you'd have a really good rock album. Well, I don't know because I'm not a rock person, but you know, you have a you have a rock album, and you have a mm. really decent um, follow up to Black on Both Sides in a really soulful, really um, contemplative um, uh, album. But it, it just both of them slapped together just doesn't mesh for me. It it just doesn't like it really takes me out of it for some of these tracks. And in some ways, if it was if it was if you put the rock stuff first and then the soulful stuff second and literally just did like a two-disker kind of thing, then I would like mess with it more as a whole whole body of work. But it just, it's, it's it, it just sprinkles it everywhere. It's like, all right, there'll be this and then there'll be that and then there'll be this and then there'll be that. It's just so erratic. Um, it, it annoys me, but <laughs> I can't hate on it. I don't hate the album. Um, you know, there's some good stuff to come out of this, um, you know, in terms of tracks, you know, Sunshine, um, Five Minutes of Modern Marvel is amazing, I like Champion Requiem as well, um, Zimbalism, Rap Over, very nice, uh, Close Edge I think is the other one I like, yeah, there's some good tracks on here, um, you know, I don't think he could have ever topped Black on Both Sides, um, you know, in just terms of, like, classic tracks and just overall aura of that work but yeah man he just went left field and didn't give a shit man <laughs> it's just it is what it is um yeah it's a it's a it's a, it's a struggle it's a, it's a bit of a struggle to listen to be honest um but yeah artist be artist artist gonna art i guess do you think that adding that rock and so, like this could be a huge stretch but do you think that adding that rock and soulful angle is just like him saying both of these are our music like you know what i'm trying to say there yeah 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 okay i, I see what you mean you, I've, you mentioned obviously in terms of obviously um uh you know rock being uh, black in, at the start and obviously rock and roll being uh, definitely black at the start um i'd like to think so and considering um and considering the you know the band that he you know, obviously founded was called Black Jack Johnson. Um, obviously referencing Jack Johnson, the I think it was like the first heavyweight black heavyweight champion boxer in America. Um, forgive me, boxing geeks, if I get that wrong. Um, so, so yeah, that adds to your theory. You know, that that adds to your you know um, theory on that front. Um, I get, I'd like to think so. Regardless if that's the, regardless if that's the case or not, I still, <laughs> I still I'm still not a fan yeah, of, the, of the of the of the um, of the mishmosh um, of, mm. of, uh, of 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 styles mixed here. But um, well, not even not even the styles because because uh, obviously I can I can I can mess with you know a rock on some senses. I just don't I just didn't like how it went from one thing and just ah. <laughs> Give me the loot, give me the loot, give me the loot. I'm like, okay. <laughs> okay, we're going back to rock, are we? Okay. Um, so, yeah, it, it, it wouldn't really change my mind, I guess, in terms of, like, a, you know, context and storyline. Uh, and and I feel the same way as you, actually, in terms of just, like, I'm trying to, I'm trying to wonder, is there something behind this? 
and we can get to the next album as well where I asked the exact same question I'm just like is there something behind this I feel like I'm missing something uh, it's the same with the new danger and it's the same with the next album if you want to literally just seamlessly jump right in for, to uh, uh, to true magic um, I, I, I got the same thing uh, while this was more um, you know obviously more hip hop uh, I guess I guess you can throw in some alternative um, labeling on it. Um, I I, st- I still don't really I, I didn't really get it um, in, t- in just terms of overall. Uh, it's shorter. It's like fifty silent minutes, which I'm cool with. Um, you know, you obviously have some. Uh, there's only one, two, uh, most deaf uh, produced tracks here, so I guess that's something. Um, you got Neptune's one on here as well, which is like something. But yeah, just with, with that album as well. While it came back to, I guess, more familiar uh, places that we imagine most Def being in on the face. I don't. I don't know. I don't know. The 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 the. the it didn't hit me. I don't, I can't. I guess. I guess I need to listen to it again to be completely honest with you, because I just listened to it and I was like. Um, nothing's nothing's catching me. Uh, the the beat the beats are okay, I guess, and I, I guess I, I maybe I wasn't listening to the lyrics in, in, uh, intently. Maybe I should do more of that uh, when I, if I listen to it again. But I don't know, man. I, I don't know about this album. I, I I I don't really have much to say on it. To be honest, it's a bit um, it's a bit it's a bit. Uh, I, I came out of it a bit flat. Um, in, a, in a lot of ways, and uh, it's a bit unfortunate, uh, considering he, he answered my prayers in shortening the album by 20 minutes, but, um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, man, it's, uh, it's, a bit of a, it's a bit of an oddity, uh, uh, True Magic, I will give, I will say that, and uh, and while I love the new Danger album cover, just wanted to say that, I forgot to say that, True Magic mm. sucks, that album cover's just so dead, <laughs> it's, so, it's so dead to look at. <laughs> <laughs> it's such a random point, but I just had to get out. It's such a no, oh, it's true. It's true. <laughs> it's a dead album. I think. Cover. I think the thing about True Magic is this was just a classic. Get me out of my record deal project. Oh, you think? You, know, you like, think? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh god, yeah. Because Geffen had just taken over Raucus, which was Moses' label, and most signed to Raucus, not Geffen. And he said in interviews that he wasn't very happy with that fact. But and wasn't Geffen part of well. um, the New Danger as well? Uh, I don't know that they were. I'll have to Google that. Um, but he just wasn't. He it was clearly he wasn't happy with the situation, and he just threw this out there. He was apparently he was focusing on his acting career at this time, and he was uh, like you know preparing for roles, and basically had a very hands off approach to this album. It got leaked, uh, and it, you know he just sounds tired and unfocused. I compare this to things like Drogus Light by. Um, Lupe, like he, you know, right. even Lupe came out and was just like, "Yeah, it's not a very good album." Like I just kind of threw this out here, and and I don't really like it that much. I don't think most really cared about quality control in this album or in his music career. I think he just created, and I think this was the final. And I mean, the ecstatic is proof of this. I think this was the final album in whatever deal he'd signed back in the day. And he's just like, I don't want this to be my statement. I'm not ready to make my statement yet. I'm in a different headspace right now. 
I don't care. Just throw it out there. Get it out there, you know, see what it does. Like, who cares? And, you know, I think it's got a 45 on Metacritic or a 48 or something. Like, people hated this album. People really disliked this album because, I mean, it, it's a reg- it feels like a regression. It the sounds like dated generic. as well. Of course, it sounds like Universal Mind Control by Common or <laughs> Sweatsuit by Nelly. It's those mid-2000s yeah. four-bar loops. Uh, da, da, I mean, it da, came da, out like 2006, that, you know. but I feel like it. Came, I feel it. It feels like it feels dated, even if it came out in 2006. I don't know why. It feels like 2002, 2003-ish, and I know that ain't far off. But ah, uh, the beats. The well, beats to be fair, that's probably the beats that's probably squirm. when you recorded so, it. Yeah, they're just so. I mean, he probably the recorded it around around that time because. Yeah. You know, he was focusing on acting and then he just took a hands-off approach and he's like, you know, so I I just feel it was just to get me out of my label contract album and it's not really anything, Yeah. you know, it's just one of those things. It's like, it's kind of like you just dismiss it because like Droga Slight with Lupe, no one talks about that album because you're just like, yeah, okay, whatever. (laughs) You know, it's, you just threw it out there. No one really cares. We, Droga's Wave is the album, you know, it's like almost like a pre-album mixtape or uh you know uh, an album of lucy's or whatever like it's just kind of like yeah okay we'll just put this out here and he did it to get out of a label which is kind of a finesse so yeah. and we got the ecstatic out of that so I, I quite like that uh you're gonna have to go all this yourself my guy i could not find uh, a, 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 ah. a good a good version of it in time um i found time you find on youtube uh i didn't actually <laughs> I can't. I could it was it. I mean, from the, on the face of it, like I feel like uh, it's. I feel like I should have listened to this over <laughs> Magic because <laughs> I was obviously trying to be gotcha. uh, chronological with it. But like on the face of it, I'm just like looking at it and I'm like, this is interesting because it just goes all over the place, like sound wise and how it looks. So I'm interested to see what you think of it. So this is the album, okay? This is when I feel it all came together the- outside of Black Star. Whilst Black on Both Sides was really raw and it felt like a stream of conscious thought, like wherever Moses' mind went, he allowed it, almost like a meditation. The ecstatic felt focused, like he had a bunch of things he definitely wanted to say. Yeah, yeah, I know, I'm going to fuck you up here. I'm pissed. (laughs) That he definitely wanted to say and he wanted to make sure he said them all over hot beats. He captured the blog era mindset. You know, people knew this was going to be something special. He moved 168k first week in an era where the transition from physical to digital sales had already begun. And back then, okay, yes, there were huge numbers. Like I think Wayne did, you know, wait, he did a million first week, and you know, people were doing crazy numbers. But they were major labels. They were major labels, and we know what the what was going on behind closed doors. They were buying those first week copies, man. Baby bought like 500,000 copies of the Carter Three and just rolled his truck up to the shop and took them home and burnt them or something. But Downtown was not a major label. They were putting up major no, numbers. And so when most said it, when most released it, he did an interview. And I'll read some of it because I think this was really well said. He says, I can't control what people think. I'm not trying to manipulate people's thoughts or sentiments. I write all the time. You have to experience life, make observations and ask questions. It's machine-like now how things are run in hip-hop, and my ambitions are different. I'm not knocking it, but I have my mind on another type of prize. There's another way to achieve that success too. There's another way with less congestion, less emissions. I've been spending my time building that road. You have to look for validation from yourself. 
Who wants to be the outcast? But you have to commit to who you are. Also, a lot of it is the manifestation of society and colonialism in the industry. Radiohead can be as avant-garde as they want and still have pop success, but if you're black, you have to surrender yourself to the flashing lights. Mm. There's a problem with those... Do- yeah, <laughs> See? And I, I read that quote out to Charlie um, when I was preparing for this episode. Mm-hmm. And I started banging my bed. I'm like, this is fucking bars right now. He's spitting. He continues, he says, there's a problem with those dudes, man. They need to be chastised. And I know all those dudes who, the topper tops, you know, you know who they is. The people who itemize this and talk about what they'll do to you if you talk about them and so forth. That has nothing to do with what my job is. I come to uplift the people. It doesn't have to be fashionable. I don't mind being black. I'm black out loud. It's more than the people that they are. It's the condition that they represent. I don't hate nobody. I hate certain conditions that are inflicted upon the people and they're helpless with it. To me, the job of the artist is to provide a useful and intelligent vocabulary for the world to be able to articulate feelings they experience every day and otherwise wouldn't have the means to express in a meaningful and useful way. And I like, I want to write that whole quote because I think that doesn't just embody the album. I think that is the perfect distillation of what most is, like what he really wanted to achieve. I think Black on Both Sides was him really trying to experiment and find his voice and like, Blackstar obviously he was working with another artist and it's very tight Blackstar, it's a very tight album. I feel like Black on Both Sides, he just kind of did what he wanted. Yep. Then he had some fuck shit go on in the mid-2000s and, you know, with labels and, and all sorts of bullshit. And I think that is really comes out in the quote. Yep. He actually says, um, he says, this is what I wanted to tell XXL. They had this cute little girl asking me all these biographical questions. And I was like, what does this have to do with it? Making people pretend they know me because they know where I was born. Like that... See that I think he was just like, man, all this label shit, all this like this system, this ecosystem. I mean, fuck that. And the ecstatic was just a masterpiece because it's like he he hates the system, he's against it, he wants to revolutionize it, but he made an album that worked within it. And it's so anti that. Like I, I think that is what he's been trying to do his whole career. And I think that this album was that, you know, I just think it was just the perfect distillation of most deaf. I think it's a, a fucking amazing album. Um, mm. Check it out on YouTube, man. Like it's. I I, I did. It's bro. not. I tried. It, it's, like, there, yeah. There's some. I, I don't know. It didn't feel. It didn't look correct to me. I was just like looking yeah. up, and I think there was stuff missing. So I'll, I'll I'll try and I'll try and find it just for you know my sake. Um, apologies on that front, but yeah. So. Uh, no, that's right. Yeah, but no, no it's it's, it's, it's annoying because that's a. T- <laughs> it sounds. It sounds so worthy, and then like, like fucking waste on time with true magic. It's cr- silly. I hate doing that. Shit. I feel yeah. I mean, that's that's. I can understand your opinion. How is true magic, magic on because... Spotify? But this ain't. <laughs> I know that is weird, actually. But I mean, it's another thing. Like he's talked about the the. He's talked about selling music. I mean, he's twenty nineteen yeah, against streaming. Fuck you know. <laughs> His 2019 album, like you can't find it anywhere. You had to go to an art installation yeah, to listen to lot, it. You know, like it was. It's an art installation. Yes, um, I tried, bro. I tried, and I couldn't. I just, it's impossible. No, it yeah, no, he, 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 he tightened that. He tightened that. So respect on that front. But yeah, no, that kind of makes it like that. Kind of brings it all ahead. Where you know, you know, we've, we've kind of made the constant, consistent point that he's an artist, not just in the musical sense, and. 
you know, and obviously there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of principles there, and there's a lot of ethics there, and there's a lot of thought there, uh, as he, as he, as he tries to, uh, maneuver his way through this kind of stuff, um, a, a video I always like, um, I was like watching, uh, and it references uh, it, well. It will it, be referenced in the terms of uh, the um, uh, the light note we have, uh, which we'll do later. But um, it's just most deaf around some people in a sci-fi. I think I'm assuming in the 90s, and uh, he he's just going off, and it's just that and it's just super pure, and I feel like that's his that's his kind of um, wanting throughout his career and what I guess he wanted and you know in some ways he got in maybe not constant maybe not consistently and maybe not forever but he got that at some point and uh you know that's that's all that's all the respect and world to get what you feel is right because um you know, as we this reminds me of a chat we literally had like a couple of days ago talking about um just everything going on in the world right now in terms of like how to just in terms of change and like you said, Mo's tried to, well, has, has constantly tried to talk about that kind of change and um, how it will, uh, how, how it should be. And we all know that this shit is basically a machine now where it's, unless you take, you, you can only, you can only take yourself out of it. Uh, it's very hard to take other people out of it, I would say, uh, unless you're, unless you're, you know, maybe starting your own label some, in some ways, but even in that case, that warrants you, you know, dipping into the machine, maybe not from a A&R perspective, or just like, you know, how your music is, uh, how your music sounds, whatever, but, you know, from distribution, maybe marketing, you know, it, it, you can be an independent label and still, you know, dip into uh, major label stuff because it, you know it, it it can be it can be necessary, and sometimes it can be for the good. Um, but I guess in Moses' case, it's um, it's 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 a, it's a quest for purity and um, and and also other things, you know, in terms of like philosophical stuff, obviously that 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 is exuded through. Um, exuded through his fourth album but um yeah man it's uh he, he's very idyllic and uh, idealistic that's the word and um you know I, I i respect that and considering you know we've gotten some decent works um in the midst of him trying to figure that stuff out um is you know as a, as a consumer it's cool um i don't know him personally but hopefully he's found a place where he can, uh, I don't, well, <laughs> going back to, I guess, uh, the, the current Blackstar bullshit, I bet, <laughs> bet he wish he didn't do it. <laughs> I bet he's like, fuck, I shouldn't even have gone back in, man. <laughs> it's like, they, they pulled me back in and now I'm in this garbage all over again. It's just, a, yeah, he's back in the fucking meat grinder, bro. He's literally back in the meat grinder. Uh, I'm sure he didn't mean to go back in this. I'm sure Talib and, Ma- and Madlib didn't want to go in this either. But it is what it is, bro. Like you, just, you just you don't think you're in the meat grinder, but then you, you then you want to record some shit, and then suddenly you're in the fucking meat grinder again. It's just it's, 
It's a it's a, it's a real crapshoot with that kind of shit, man. It really is a crapshoot. Like we can be given, we can be force fed, and this is a minor tangent, but I will finish. Like we can get force fed all the garbage we want, all the garbage we want. But when we want a potential album of the year candidate with three legends on 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 the on the bill, oh no, oh no, we have to we have to go through some legal bullshit. It's just. That's 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 hip hop in a nutshell, bro. Like <laughs> that really is hip hop in a nutshell. Like try and try and get three legends on 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 an album. Can't get nothing. Get some fucking dude that uh that had one hit song on SoundCloud. He gets a fucking major label deal and a whole album with a full rollout and a full po- full billboard on Times Square and his face on fucking Big Ben if he wanted to. Like it's just crazy, bro. I. I I I love and hate this. I love and hate this game so much. It's so it's ugh. It's it's a mind fuck. But yeah, I can see why Mo's death um in 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 many ways has um been frustrated by uh, the system, so to speak. I I completely see where he's coming from because I completely see why he's why he phoned in True Magic. Why he went and did uh went went and did the next one. Um. It's, I get it. <laughs> I get it. I really do. <laughs> I think well, what you said about him being idealistic and not to a fault, but like he just stands on principle always is perfect. It's, hey, bro, it's well I'm said. Principle to a fault. <laughs> I get it. It's, uh, I really do get it. I mean, it. it's it's perfectly said because there's proof of that. Like when he went to South Africa and then they're just like, you need to produce a passport. You've, you've, you've not got the correct visa. And he, he didn't produce his U S passport, even though he has one, he produced a world passport. And South Africa's like, we don't, we, yeah, he's like, fuck it, man. And uh, he's like, this is stupid. I shouldn't be in this situation. And they said, we don't recognize Earth, man. Yeah, he's like, well, I don't recognize, they don't recognize a world passport. So he's like, well, fuck you then. So they gave him existed. like 30 days to leave. He fought them legally. Like, you know, he even in an interview when he when it was all over, he's like, they were wrong and I was right. And I really fucking respect that. And the other part about it, when you mentioned purity, it's like, I'm so glad he's not a perfectionist because oh, it just gosh, means yeah. that we got whatever. And, and I always feel like, you know, I said at the start, he's an artist. I think art is just the medium. He's just, he's an activist. He's a philosopher. He's an idealist. Like he's, he's a human who's intelligent, who wants to change the world. And art is the best way for him to get that point across. And I think these dipping in and out, like he is exactly what you were talking about at the end. He is the perfect person to look at when we're looking at how fucked the system is, because we can't look at, someone like Hove, we can't look at Nas, we can't look at, you know, so many artists because they yeah. adhered to the system, you know, and they were just, they, they accepted it even though they infiltrated it and they understood that they, if they wanted to get to the level that they're at now, they had to play by the rules. Most Def never played by the rules. He never wanted to. He's just as talented. He is the lightning rod for what, how bad the system is, how fucked it is, mm-hmm. how much it fucks people. You know, he is the example because he could never exist within it. He couldn't exist without it. You know, he, as in when I say without it, he, of course he would exist without it, but he couldn't exist outside of it in the musical space is what I'm trying to say. Like mm. even when he dropped the ecstatic, I still think his 2019 album is 
a reaction to the ecstatic because I still think he was unhappy that it did well commercially. I don't think he wanted it to. I don't think I think that's why it's not on streaming services. I don't think he he didn't he, that mm. seems to be a, he seems to be against that. You know when he said mm-hmm. what did he say about uh, commercial rap poisoning the psychology of people? I uh, forget what the quote was, but he, it was basically that. And I just think he was even then when he made his perfect distillation of who he is. He was just like, "Man, this feels wrong. Like I don't want this as part of my So yeah, I I just think He's just the embodiment of how fucked up the system is, mm. and that's why, you know, 2009 was the last time he really engaged with it. Now we're looking at Black Star, and again, you know, this is this is an artist who is pure and wants to just express himself, and that's probably the area he felt that he could best express himself in these times. And again, you're right, he gets pulled back in, he can't exist within it, it's just fucked. Like, he is the example of how fucked it all is, and... um. I'm I'm so glad that he actually chose to at least engage with the system for a while, because it's the only way we would have gotten this pro these projects and this art from him. Mm. But yeah, I um, it's sad, man, because he's such a talented and intelligent person. And when you see people like that, and he's a leader, and when you see people like that, you expect them to revolutionize things, and they try their fucking hardest. They try their whole life to do that. Yeah. And he couldn't do it, and it sk- then that scares me because I'm like, holy shit, man, this system is really powerful. You know, it's it's not to be fucked with, and that's if someone like Most Def can't fuck with it, if someone like Dave Chappelle, they they're intrinsically linked. If he and Dave Chappelle is now kind of fucking with it, but again, he's on Netflix. Like it's you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. you know what I'm trying to say there. Like, yeah, yeah, completely. He had to come back. He had to come back into the ecosystem to. Yeah, I don't know. It just disappoints me, but. Yeah, I I just respect most Def a lot. I think he's an incredible artist and yeah, an incredible human. <sighs> yeah, certainly, 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 certainly. Um, two two things before we get on to lighter note. Uh, I'm trying. I I would happily uh, cop the aesthetic on a vinyl if I ha- if that's the only way I can listen to it properly. Because um, I'm seeing I'm seeing like YouTube and I'm like, mm, nah, don't don't look good for me. Um, but bro, it's not even on sale. <laughs> I'm pissed. I can't even find a vinyl right now. That's crazy. Uh, one question I wanted to throw out, just as a kind of an outside question, but um, obviously pertaining to this: uh, Can you be principled and a perfectionist? Um, yeah, I just don't think you get as much done. Yeah, I think you can be, but I, I think perfectionism is. Um, <clears throat> I mean, it's something I dealt with. Uh, like five, six years ago, and I was just getting nothing done ever. Yeah. Like I would put out a, you know, do put out an article, and there'd be a couple of things wrong with it, and it would take me three months to write it, and I would have to take it down because I'm like, I can't <laughs> deal with this. And you look at someone like Dr. Dre, and every story I've heard about him from behind the scenes is there's so many albums that never came out because he just wasn't happy with the quality. He just wouldn't put it out, yeah. you know? So I think, yes, you can be... And I think the problem then with perfectionism and then being principled at the same time is you can get quite deluded or quite like very rigid and mm-hmm. stuck because mm. you're not open to mm. firstly making mistakes and learning from those mistakes. Yeah. And secondly, you're not even open to anyone else's opinion because your opinion then becomes perfect and your principles are perfect and your values are perfect and you're living by them every day and you're getting confused. Like, why is no one else living by my values? Oh my and I gosh. think you become a bit of, you know, I think you become a bit of an island and then you get very <laughs> resentful of the world. And I, I just, yeah, I think you can be, 
But I don't think it's a very good place to be. <laughs> Fuck you, preach. <laughs> oh, God. I was the t- oh, that's too... I think that's true. That's I, so close. My that hit so close to home. Oh. Shit. Nah, I, I, yeah. honestly, bro, like, I, 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 I really get really close to being that rigid person. Because I'm because with these with the things I do I get highly principled and mm. I try I try and open up on the perfectionism bit like um I do I do try and leave things as it is and to be honest if I can't have this whatever thing at my quality I I, I throw it out anyway but I just don't listen to, I just don't consume it again <laughs> I just yeah, leave it that's fair I just leave it to the ether that's fair um, <laughs> if anyone rates it they rate it for, if uh, if they sh- if they say it's shit, I'll highly agree with them. <laughs> but yeah, man, it's just, <laughs> oh man, it's that's that's that hits so close to home. Shit, Jesus Christ. Okay, all right, let's uh, hop to a light note. Um, that was that was fun and uh, worth a worth a deep thought and existential thought on that. Um, so in honor of uh, the video, I always enjoy watching most deaf um, go off on a cipher. Uh, five artists you'd want to see in a cipher circle. A real classic cipher circle, like mad people around you. You're in the circle. You're in the middle. Um, you got a mic. Can you pass it on to five other, pe- well, four other people? Um, in this case, uh, and I did put in brackets emphasis on bars and pure group energy because that's what mm. the cipher, group the, energy. The, the classic cipher mm. uh, ciphers always have. that's the key group energy is the key that's where i go to when i think of my ciphers so the one i've always wanted to see for some reason and it doesn't sound energetic but it is is the monotone cipher like i've always fucking wanted like earl doom mac miller like maybe mace cameron just to go in there (laughs) and just spit monotone bars like i think that would be fucking sick everyone would just because because when you have a monotone delivery it, it, there's no showmanship, you know. You're list, you have to spit hard bars. Like I've listened to a lot of underground stuff, and a lot of people have a monotone delivery. And unless their bars are good, even over hot beats, is absolutely garbage. It's boring. It puts you to sleep. <laughs> so every monotone rapper you've ever heard has to have some other aspect than just like showmanship. And so I would think that that would be fucking epic. Mm. The other side of that completely is then the showmans. So like. And I see this in delivery. I see this in like a gravelly delivery. Like I would have X, Schoolboy Q, Freddie Gibbs, nice. JD Kiss. And I don't know who the fifth in that would be. Like maybe Michi. Um, I was saying earlier, maybe Meth. Uh, I don't know who. Who do you think would be a good fifth with like a gravelly for like sh- aggressive for show, delivery? For showman kind of stuff. Uh, someone like, yeah. I don't know, Joey maybe? Off the top, yeah, off Joey would be head. good. But Joey's... Head. Joey's quite. Joey might be good in the the monotone because he's like kind of. Isn't he kind of like monotony? Like he doesn't change his delivery up that much. I, I think he could. I, I, I guess it's more. Uh, well, yeah, I, I, I guess. I, I think he can do yeah. it. It's not his. It's not his lane, but I guess so to speak. But I, I think he can do that kind of thing. But um, yeah, there there is a the there is a better example out there. I just can't think of one off the top of my head. The thing I always go back to are like old clue tapes where, you know, they have like Nas and Nature and Cam and Fab or, you know, Reservoir Dogs with like LOX and Source Money and Hove. Like you have to get then because then there's the lyricist angle. Like you get Hove, Nas and just crazy old school lyricists like maybe Source Money, maybe uh, Styles P. 
uh, get Fab on there as well, like spinning early 2000s stuff. Just get, and then you have the intricate artists like Black Thought, you get Rhapsody on the same one, like those kind of artists, because I really want that energy to bounce off each other, you know? And like when you're listening to it, I don't want to hear... What was that one? There's a classic one with M, Black Thought. There's a couple of others in that. Royce is in that one as well. See, that to me was great because M didn't try and just speed rap or do whatever garbage he's doing now. He was like, I'm going to rap at this. I'm going to rap at the level I used to be able to rap at. And there was just, it was hitting you from every angle. Like you were just like, they had to, they kept trying to top each other. Mm. Um and then the speed rap, like I would, I, I love those uh, those worldwide choppers from <sighs> Tech Nine, like bangers. Get fucking bangers. Get Tech, get Twister, get Buster, get M, and get I don't know who else raps like rapidly fast. I don't know someone else for the fifth spot, but like just get them I mean, together Ocean Wisdom, and just yeah. go Ocean Wisdom, whatever, man. Just give them an open ended beat and just go. Just spit the quickest you can. And make it sound fucking yeah, good, yeah. and like put a bit of lyricism tough. in there, and let's just go so ballistic. Tough. And everyone around you is just like so your head is just spinning, like <laughs> like what the fuck? Like that would be a wild cipher. So yeah, I, yeah, I, I want like tough. artists. I want artists that are, are similar to each other, and yeah. um, that are gonna feed off each other's energy, and they're gonna try and one up each other. That's what I would I would like. Okay. This is this is good. You, you've 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 uh, you've unlocked the uh, juices in my brain. I've got I've got three I've got three ciphers I want to throw out there. So right, so right. so the first one I just wanted a pure fucking heat energy. Everyone just going ah cipher right. So um, I want I want Denzel. I want uh, I want Michi. I want Kano. Oh. I want Gets, <laughs> and oh, I want yeah. Dizzy Rascal. <laughs> oh, that would be Dizzy with the cleanup. So fucking energy, energy That would be so fucking nuts. Like just any of that. Like give give each of them two minutes. It'll be absolute. That'll be the most fire ten minutes you will ever hear in your life from an edgy perspective. Carnage, absolute carnage, carnage, bro. Fucking world would fall, fall, bro. Dip off his axis. Everyone's jumping so high. Um. Alright, the second one, I was thinking like a mad old school one, just like, just just bar exams, right? So, <clears throat> I'll throw in, uh, I'd say like Cool G Rap first, then I'll throw in like uh, Big Daddy Kane, uh, then I'll go, uh, well, this is DOA, so I'll go. I'll say Big L as well, uh, so I'll say that's mm. three. Uh, I did have a fourth, because I, I want to put, I want to I say like, ugh. Oh, there's a, there's a, I want to say Rakim last, and then this, I want to put someone four. It's just like a real throwback uh, kind of, just like um, a real kind of throwback bar exam kind of kind of thing. Uh, I, I'd say Nas as well. Go on then. Let's yeah. throw in Nas. That's, that's throwback enough. I think that's a cool five right there. And then I just want a female one as well, bro. Like, yeah. give me Rhapsody. Yeah. Uh, give me uh, uh, fuck it. Give me Meg. <laughs> give me Queen Latifah. <laughs> Well, all right. <laughs> well, re- Queen Latifah on that Rhapsody album was spitting, man. man. She fucking went man. in on her verse. Don't she get went me in as fuck. Don't get me started. That's crazy, brother. Crazy. You still got it. Man, yeah. Bro, she like I said 50? it. I, she still fucking I got said it, it on Twitter the other day. I was just like, we need like another just, we need a full Queen Latifah hip hop album. I think we're overdue for it. I think she has stuff to say. Uh, I would just love to hear her just like, just 
go off on anything, just that would be that would be just super fun. Um, okay, I've started with the female one. I've only had like <laughs> I can only name three off the top of my head. Three. No names. Got to go. Oh, no names. Clean. That would be cool. That would be cool. That would be cool. I like that. Like that shout. Little Sims. Um, oh, there you go. Fucking hell. I totally forgot. <laughs> fucking Sims. Yeah. Fucking yeah, man. There you go. Sims. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, like so. That's it. That's it. I don't. I don't know any of those. Any of those free ciphers. I'll, I'll just be. I'll just be here for. Um, the second one's obviously a bit. Um, <laughs> a bit make believe since Big L's in it. <laughs> but but I fuck with it regardless. I need. I need. I need any of those. Any of those. I'll be just. Uh, Man, man, cyphers need to come back. Cyphers need to become a thing again. Just like, just yeah. people in parks just fucking going in. Like, uh, uh, several. Uh, I know the UK like um kind of banned that kind of shit. Um and s- stuff like boiler rooms as well. Um and that's kind of uh, on life support for some of those things. And um obviously in the US uh, they had that stuff in New York where they were doing it in parks, but. Giuliani, who was mayor at the at the time, was just like, nah, nah, you're you're scaring off the tourists with your hippity hop, so you have to do it somewhere else. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's just disappointing, you know what I mean? And uh, but yeah, man, they, they they need to come back. They they need ciphers just as a concept needs to come back because obviously you know, yeah, BET ciphers cool. It's it's not the same, bro. Cool. It's not the same. It's like it's cool. No, it's, it's not, not the same. same, man. I need that energy where there's like mad people around you. You got a mic, you got a fat boombox or whatever, just whatever sound system you want. And just fucking go off, bro. Like, oh man, I miss that shit. Uh, well, I, I say I miss that shit. <laughs> I wasn't even part of any of it. <laughs> fucking hell, I was. Nah, I, was, I, was <laughs> I wasn't even wearing jeans until uh, <laughs> at that point in my life. Jesus Christ. And, and that was a while. It took me no, a while no. to, since I started wearing jeans, bro. It took me a while. I don't know when. I don't like to say what age. I don't like to ballpark it. But it took me a while. Like, I was wearing tracksuits for the longest. <laughs> they need to... They need to... Um, they need to bring that shit back. Like, the double XL ones are just not... You know, it's yeah, not exactly. a Exactly. Again, like... Again, you know. like it's not, it's not the same. They're good. I mean, they, yeah, there's some, They're good. The one like with one or um, two. I mean, they had one with fucking Kendrick and Little B was in the same one. Who was in that one? That was a wild fucking. Uh, it was like them. I don't know that particular video, but I know like I think it was like Sean in that class as well. Uh, current like, was it currency or uh, Wiz? Uh, oh, dude, this so this if, if if no one's ever seen this cipher, it's fucking wild. It's Yellow Wolf, yeah, Yellow Kendrick Wolf. Lamar. Little B and Psy High. And Little B takes his takes his shirt off, right? And Little B's pants are so low. I've never seen a man's pants that he must be wearing boxes <laughs> that go down to his knees. His pants are that low. And he spits. <laughs> Little B could spit. I don't care what anyone says. He fucking spits on there. Kendrick, he does not get washed by Kendrick and, and Psy High. That was yeah, that cipher. Some of those ciphers back in the day were really cool. Um yeah. I really enjoyed them. But like they had Mac Miller with Fucking Diggy Simmons and Little Twist. That was disappointing. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, they were cool. What was that Eminem? So it was Eminem, Black Thought, Black Thought, and uh, Royce. I think it was a BET cipher. That one was really cool. Uh, Most Def was in that as well. So that one was really fucking sick. So that was Most Def, Black Thought, and Eminem at the BET cipher. And, and that was really cool. Mm. I enjoyed that one. Um, but yeah, man, I, I agree with you. They need to. But hip hop is not in that space anymore, you know. Like, you know, you were talking about Blackstar and three legends hooking up, and why is it's, there so it's much? It's not essence. Like the uh, essence keeps getting lost. They don't care. They yeah. don't care. Essence because, doesn't count for you know, I speak to these... Essence, yeah. 
I speak to these, I speak to these labels and they see, and I, I've been in conversations and been on group chats and been in fucking meetings and shit. And they speak about these artists, these younger artists as if they're just commodities. And they're like, oh, I worked on Stock exchange. the little Nas X campaign. And I did this and that and this, and this is how we pushed him. And this is how we got him to number one. And this is how we, 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 like, you know, it's like we're controlling everything behind the scenes. And so they only want the young artists because that's all people care about anymore. Like, you know, it it, it surprises me that people actually, and I said this to Charlie after uh, that Eminem and, and Cuddy song came out. I was like... Why are people salivating over Eminem's lyricism, but then don't sal? And they do salivate over Black Thought, but Black Thought isn't, you know, going crazy yeah, every time. Yeah, he what, watch, yeah, watch like how he popular his um, streams of Fort Volume Three goes. Let's see how that goes. Well, he put his song out on Friday, and people were barely talking about it. The only time they talk about it is like, oh, by the way, Black Thought put a song out, and you should all listen to it. But it's it's his bars are insane. If yeah. you if you're like if you like the fluoride fluoride mouthwash swish whatever. Thing Eminem said. You got so triggered. If you, <laughs> I'd love to. I'd love to play you guys the, the fucking voice message I woke up to that day. It was so funny. It was so funny. <laughs> you but if you guys so like that, if you like that, why are you not streaming Rhapsody's fucking album? Why are you not that listening to Black Thought? Like I don't, don't care. That's one of the best remixes <sighs> I've heard in a while. That's a fu- PJ Morton and D Smoke on that. My gosh, yeah, that remix yeah, was D-Smoke. so fun. I. St- I still can't get over what, how D Smoke sounds like Kendrick. I don't know what's <laughs> wrong with me. I, I was like, he I actually know. doesn't in this one, bro. I know. He actually, I get it in the album, and then, but like in this that particular uh, song, I didn't even uh, catch it. To be honest, I didn't even think of that. And then I defend Designer, and I'm like, no, nah, yeah, yeah, he's right. not like Future. <laughs> like, what is wrong with me? I'm fucked up. But that's my point. Like, like most Def and um and Talib Kweli can't put this out because no one gives a fuck, and I don't understand why. I don't get it, and that's why I just think people aren't interested in the cypher anymore because they i don't know man. i highly doubt I don't that know. it's just fucking stupid to me i highly doubt that honestly because like i saw um it was like denzel and he, he was like doing an event thing in florida where like him and uh flatbush were going like in a ring legit and like going bar for bar kind of thing like a boxing ring kind of thing but boy that shit looked fucking hype so like i i i mm. I, I think it can I have hope in that sense that, es- that the essence isn't dead completely and some people really enjoy that kind of thing. But the only way it can be done is if you promote it as if it's as if it's like a regular concert or a gig. You know what I mean? If you just if you if you promote it like that, then sure, maybe there'd be something as if it, you know, cuz a live show after all. If you want to promote it like that, sure, and then you can get that essence back cuz obviously live shows aren't dead, you know. Well, <laughs> they're not they're not, you know, in essence dead. <laughs> Factually they are in this point. Um but um you know, I think I think it's there. I'm just I'm just talking about like that impromptu shit where like you get mad people in a park and you know you just do stuff and then people record. Some people happen to record it. Like you know, it happens. It happens. You know, when people do dance stuff on TikTok or whatever, that shit's impromptu. Lil Nas X from a you know you mentioned him from a marketing perspective. Him marketing Old Town Road for like he did it for he was marketing that shit for over a year by himself. So for people that were taking mm. credit for that um, in your whatever meeting it was, they don't mm-hmm. deserve that credit because he did most of that himself. Mm. Go 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 look it up. There's a great um, there's a great thread I saw on it, and I think they did an article on it as well about just the, how he marketed himself and that particular song itself. It's fucking genius, bro. Like I don't I'm not into it like in terms of just like how 
the world is going about it, you know, in terms of music, but fucking hell, he did it, <laughs> he, he, you know, nobody else has, so nobody else got um, a jillion weeks on the, on the, on the chart, so, you know. 19 yeah, it weeks, fucking works. Yeah. It wow. fucking works, so, you know, I can't complain about that, mm. um, but... Yeah, man, I think, uh, you know, this is going off for a while, to, uh, didn't mean to go on this tangent, but, you know, it is what it is. The essence there, I think it just has to be re repackaged as, like, a, you know, just as something we can, uh, that, that regular people can um, can can mess with. Just call it a, call, just call it a concert, and then, but, you know, you can, you can switch up and have, like, you know, do it in a, a boxing gym. Or stuff like that, and have that cipher kind of energy. But yeah, I'm, I'm. But I was just talking about the impromptu essence, which is, um, I think, probably dead um, due to how some cities have judged their rules and uh, in terms of public uh, outings. But uh, yeah, man, there was another point I wanted to throw in there, but I totally forgot. So uh, we're just gonna uh, might as well just call it at that, if you don't mind. <laughs> no, it's fine. No, well no, said. That well was said. that was a good impromptu conversation because I think that was uh, it was highly it was highly necessary. And um, you know, it's always it's always worth conversating over. Uh, but Definitely. yeah, but, uh, with that said, ladies and gentlemen, from Fifth M Podcast Network, has been digging digits. Hope you enjoyed this episode. Share it all that, all that, all that. Support, support, support. I've been Charles over the fifth element. I've been Man Carter of Hip Hop. We hope you all have a wonderful week, which I always, always try and do the same. And I actually didn't say I had a pretty decent week. <laughs> after after my break after my oh, breakdown good. last week, I was uh, I, I came out I came out swinging this week, and I, I enjoyed that. So uh, I'm glad, yeah, man. Shout out to me. Well done. Good bounce Good back. Bounce, yeah. It's like um, what is what is the street song? You know, falling down oh, is an God, accident. That's such a fucking track. Up is a choice. That's such a track. That's yeah. such a track. Yeah, no, that was, that's, do, a, that's do, a life do, track. Do, 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 that's do. a life track. Do, do. That song would that song would have gone great in the early two thousands. So if he put that on right. a grand don't come for yeah. free, it's like the second single behind um, Fit But You Know It. That would have blown up. That would have been a great fucking single. That's a great yeah, song. Great song. Great song. But anyway, um, yeah, man. For real. Hope you have a good week. We should always try and do the same. But until the next time, take it easy, ladies and gentlemen. All right, peace. Digging in the Digits is produced by me and Ben Carter. The show was edited by me. Music for the show is Pizza Video Games for bonus points. Thanks to Chill Records for the ability to use. Socials for the Fifth Element, Hip Hop Bad Numbers, bonus points, and Chill Records will be in the full show notes wherever you're listening. This has been a Fifth Element Podcast Network and Hip Hop Bad Numbers collaboration. Thanks for spending time with us, and we shall see you next time on Digging in the Digits.